This is your woo-woo best friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hey, it's Andy. This is your woo-woo best friend. Welcome back to the show. Okay, so today we have an episode with Samantha from my team. We're going to be talking about wellness trends, some beauty trends too. Before we get into it, I know these episodes are so popular and I want to get right into it, but I also want to extend so much love to those of you that have already participated in the CEO Foundations Masterclass. I am hearing so much magic being created out there and I have several of you that have joined me in the CEO experience and others who have decided they're ready to start and have signed up for the Conscious Creatives Business School. So if you've been in this place of trying to figure out which one is for you, Conscious Creatives Business School is fantastic for you if you are starting something new. Conscious CEO is amazing for you if you are ready to scale an existing business. My intention for you either way is that you come into the experience feeling confident to pursue your dreams, manage your money, So that you're never having to live paycheck to paycheck again, creating your schedule, setting your boundaries and doing what truly lights you up. What I know is that the CEO of the future is intuitive, collaborative, emotionally literate, and building generational wealth and abundance. And you would not be here listening to this show if you did not have some of that within you. It's no secret that I'm not the only one who can teach you how to up-level in business, but I do want to share with you, here is a couple of things that we really believe makes these programs quite different. Many programs like this, especially in the spiritual world, will leave practical revenue strategies out entirely. Business is not just about manifesting it, setting it, and forgetting it. I am committed to helping you release your blocks. I am determined to normalize the conversation around investing, creating personal wealth, and building a rich life and business. I've been there, and you know we've been talking about this a lot on this show lately. I have no intention of leaving you hanging wondering, okay, now that I've got my business going, how do I manage cash flow? Yes, there are energetics to money. I absolutely believe that. But there is also a lot of strategy involved in keeping your business in business. You'll also find that other business coaches, especially in this realm of content creation, may encourage you to find your perfect people by giving you things like 100-day reels challenges. I get it. That can absolutely work. But I also know that teaching you how to build an email list that grabs the attention of people and creates true community is incredibly important. And then my goal is to help you nail down your pre-launch and your launch sales plan so that people that join your email list, for example, truly trust you and want to stay in conversation with you and ultimately buy from you. I also know that there are a lot of courses out there that focus on one kind of client or one kind of industry. Over here, what I do is set you up with customized hands-on guidance and tailored systems for your unique business plan. For those that join the Conscious CEO program, you'll even get access to my team to help you work through 
those tech headaches like Facebook ad setups and content creation and copywriting and all of that stuff that sometimes isn't the sexiest. I get such incredible notes from my existing Conscious CEO clients every day. And I know this program is tested and proven to bring more alignment and abundance into your business. So I wanted to make sure I shared it with you again. And if you want to just start with the masterclass, that is available to you for free. So I will drop the link for the masterclass in the show notes again today. All right, into the episode we go. So we're talking trends and wellness and beauty this week. We're going to talk about Beyonce's new beauty line. You're going to get to hear whether or not we're fans over here. How can you not be a fan of Beyonce? Spoiler, we're definitely fans. We're going to talk about the future of wellness technology, gadgets, innovations, etc. We're going to talk a little bit about TikTok's impact on wellness brands. And we're going to do some debunking around clean beauty myths and natural alternatives. So that's what's on the docket for today. Let's get into it. Welcome my director of marketing and operations and our in-house trend expert, Samantha Miker, to the show. Hello, Samantha. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Andy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love these conversations and... So do our listeners. Every time we do this, every time you come on and we start talking trends in the world of wellness, beauty, skincare, manifestation, etc., our listeners love it. So thanks for joining me today. Of course, of course. It's always so fun. And it's the thing that I spend all my free time <laughs> kind of looking at and tracking. So it's nice that it like it's productive for everyone. Yeah. Now I have a reason <laughs> to be obsessed with this stuff. Yeah. It's like all this stuff that you just love diving into in your free time. Now you get to talk about it on a podcast. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now it totally makes sense why, why I'm subscribed to all these sub stacks and like taking all this in like, duh. Of course, <laughs> of course. Okay, so let's get into it. So we're going to talk about a couple of different things today that we're seeing in the beauty news, wellness news, trends we're seeing, things that we are noticing as on the horizon type of stuff. And the first thing I want to mention is... As we record, this is brand new news. It seems that our queen, the queen of all queens, Beyonce, is launching a hair care line. Yes, which honestly, I really love. I love this for her. I know that we've heard that um, Ivy Park is kind of coming to a close, that that chapter is coming to a close. But this is definitely a new era for her in this businesswoman um, mind. And I just love, I think it makes so much sense to her, to her brand. And, um, you know, everyone wants hair like Beyonce. So it's let's, really let's go. so true. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, you know, we've seen celebrity brands over and over and over again. And the ones that work are the brands that are such a true extension of who the celebrity is. And when I read her Instagram post, she like had this handwritten note on the 
on the caption or on the post and then wrote it in the caption as well. And it says this, and I just want to share it because I think this is what really got me. She said, how many of y'all knew that my first job was sweeping hair in my mama's salon? And then she says, Destiny's Child got our start by performing for clients while they were getting their hair done. I was exposed to so many different kinds of entrepreneurial women. I saw firsthand how the ways we nurture and celebrate hair can directly impact our souls. Okay, so I was just feeling that so much that she said that. And then she said, I watched her heal and be of service to so many women. Having learned so much on my hair journey, I've always dreamed of carrying on her legacy. So like when we talk about whys around creating a business, and we've been talking about that a lot in our Conscious CEO program, but when we think about the why of creating a business, her why is carrying on her mama's legacy and helping other women celebrate themselves through hair. And she's like seeing this impact of hair on our soul. And that just feels like a really great why to me. Of course. Yeah. I love how it's coming from this really, really organic, authentic place. There's something about Ivy Park that just always felt a little bit clunky to me. That integration with the rest of her brand always felt just a little bit like, hmm, I'm not seeing why we're doing this, really. And here it's so clear. I just, I can't wait to see what she comes out with. And maybe finally we'll get some visuals. I know we've been waiting for the visuals for Renaissance for a long time. So maybe she won't keep us waiting with the new hair care line. 1000%. 1000%. Yeah. So I thought that was something fun to open this conversation with. And I think it's a good reminder to all of us that, you know, while we cannot all be Beyonce, only Beyonce can be Beyonce. It is a reminder to really consider your why and everything that you do, whether it's a passion project or launching what inevitably will become a billion dollar brand, I'm sure. No matter what you're getting up to, when we do it from that place of authentic creation, it ultimately just really resonates with people and attracts your perfect community members into the fold and such and it just happens so much easier and it's such an organic way, as you said. So I think it's a good reminder. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it really, it also reminds me of the, the new little, little baby in the wee wee studio, Casa Noon coming out soon. Yeah. And so, yeah. And does, do you feel like the why is really aligning for you too with that. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, my, my life growing up, I mean, my early career days were in the beauty industry. It's always been a part of who I am. My mama is also a hairdresser, by the way. I don't know if everyone knows that she, um, yep. She, she was like my personal hairdresser when I was a child. And then after I finished high school, she had been a financial planner. And then she went back to school to, to become a hairdresser after I was out of high school. It was like a second career for her, but it was always a big part of like just our relationship when I was a kid, the, you know, hair as a, as just something we got to do together. So when I think about the beauty world and I think about what was really coming, coming up for me, I never had a real interest in creating a hair product brand, but 
especially as I'm getting older and I'm in my 40s, taking great care of my skin has been something that I've always been really interested in and in a way that is honoring my lifestyle as well. And I'm someone who loves to be in the sun. I love to swim in the ocean. I love to be in a pool every chance I get. I'm on airplanes a lot. So, you know, for me, it's like, what are the types of products and ingredients that accommodate all of those things that are considering that I am fairly rough on my skin? I'm in the sun a lot. I'm in the water a lot. What types of products can I take on a plane, even when I only have a carry on and maybe I'm going to be, you know, traveling somewhere where, I may be there for several weeks and I don't have a lot of space to pack a 20 step routine or even a 12 step routine or a six step routine. So for me, I really wanted to create something that I would use and that also speaks to my background and working with plant-based products. So I feel like Casa Noon is very much that. And, you know, even the visuals we've been starting to dream up, the packaging, et cetera, is like exactly what's been on my vision board for my entire life, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You just, you just took your Pinterest basically and just created like, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the brand for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is so wonderful. I'm so excited for everybody to be able to use these new products. I've been testing them out and I feel like they've been so, so wonderful. And Personally, I love, I'm, I'm very, I have sensitive skin. I have acne prone skin and I feel like these products have not been breaking me out. I was a little bit nervous, but it hasn't happened yet. Not yet. So very exciting. And it is a really, really good segue into our next topic, which is all about clean beauty and the ingredients that we do tend to find in our skincare products. So do you like to kick us off, Andy? Yeah. I mean, this is such an interesting topic. So when I started in the beauty world over 20 years ago, there was like three clean beauty brands. One was Aveda, which was the brand I worked for. Another one was Origins. And if you were interested in something that was plant-based, if you were interested in something that was you know, I'm using air quotes, clean or naturally derived, those were kind of your only options. That was like the first brands to use that natural vocabulary. And that was like, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And then as the idea of clean eating or vegetarian veganism started to rise, we started to see more consumers calling for products that were non-toxic, safe, natural. Then there was Gwyneth having these conversations, Jessica Alba with the Honest Company starting to have these types of conversations. And so all of a sudden we started to see brands prioritize ingredients that are animal, not using animal um, origins at all. So cruelty-free, vegan-based products. We started to see sustainable bio-based products. We started to see things that are plant-derived, ethically sourced. But the challenge with all of this is that you can say just about anything as a brand. You can call yourself clean. You can call yourself natural. And there's no real parameters around what that means. It's kind of like sustainability in fashion. You can say, I'm an eco-fashion brand or I'm a sustainable brand. But like, 
there's not a real clear definition of what that means or what you have to, what, what things you got to check, what boxes you got to check in order to be that. And it's really the same for clean or natural beauty. There's no consensus about what this really means because there's just very few regulations in the beauty industry. So I think that's something to be in consideration of when we're having a conversation like clean beauty or natural beauty or non-toxic beauty. There's, there's just not a real set of guidelines around that. No. And as it's become a trend and especially a luxury trend. So like, I think about when you're talking about you know, in the eighties, these brands, now those are our luxury brands, but there was also kind of a sense of like, you know, like being all natural is a little stinky. Yeah, for sure. Granola, you know, it's kind of like when people talk about, um, you know, the original air one, which was in Boston was like, kind of like, stinky like it was a hippie shop yeah it was like get your bulk you know like get your bulk nuts and seeds and that's basically it and now in California it's like this high 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 luxury like the peak Mm -hmm. you know of the kind of wellness market that you can find and that's kind of what's happened within this industry in skincare as well where it's like you're you're finding brands that wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily align them with um, sustainability, with um, being containing natural ingredients or really honoring um, the earth and keeping things minimal are still using the term clean. For example, Maybelline has like a whole line of clean, quote unquote, clean foundations and powders. But it's like, it's Maybelline. And also there have been deep dives into the ingredients. And even though it doesn't include some ingredients that aren't necessarily great for your skin, it is still including some ingredients that aren't great either. So it's like they're making promises on one side, but then still not doing necessarily what's great for your skin on the other. And there's also the issue of regulation around all of this. I mean, even as we keep saying clean, so that way we're all on the same page of what we're talking about, but really any brand can stamp that on their label, no matter what ingredients are inside. It's not defined by the FDA. There's no kind of like master list of what's a clean ingredient, what's a dirty ingredient. Um, Everyone's just kind of making it up as they go along. Um... Theoretically, though, we know that, you know, when we're thinking about clean beauty, we're talking about these products that are made with ingredients that don't actively harm your skin, your health, or the planet, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because this is a conversation we've obviously been having about Casa Noon. And so when I started working with Atelier, who's the company that's been consulting with us on the development of the product, I was interested in clean certifications. Who gives them? Are there accredited ones out there? So we found a company, they're actually based in Europe, that does give a clean beauty certification. It is not necessarily something consumers know about, but from a wholesale perspective, from a retail perspective, there are 
there are retailers, there are distributors that will make a decision on whether or not they're going to carry your product based on this particular type of certification. And so as we started developing Casa Noon, these are some of the things that we had to be in consideration of. For, for the clean beauty certification from the company that we're working with, it has the products have to have all of these things. So I'm gonna like give you the list. It has to be analyzed for safety according to stringent and well-established toxicological methods and standards. Okay, so that's like the first thing. So they're basically like checking the toxicology of the ingredients. The second thing is it has to be vegan according to the standards of the vegan society. So for example, we were having conversations about ingredients like honey and, you know, different types of cream ingredients. And there are very specific things that you can't include if you want to be considered vegan. And for this particular certification, you have to be aware of what those vegan standards are according to the vegan society. It has to be reef friendly. So it can't include ingredients that are potentially harmful to reefs. It has to, your company has to have some sort of environmental mission or standard. And the, the factory that's producing your products has to show a certification of their environmental practices. And there's a bunch of requirements around that. It has to be, uh, the product has to be produced by a brand that invests in human well-being. So that's, of course, making sure that there's nothing terrible going on at any of the factories that you work with. Um, and there's some specific standards around that that you have to share. Um, the packaging has to be recyclable. So there's like all of these different categories that they require you to provide documentation around in order to get a clean certification. But most consumers know nothing about this. And most brands are not spending the type of money that like we're having to spend in Casa Noon to get this certification in the first place. Right, right. So that there's a little bit more than just marketing happening right. when these kinds of certifications are happening. And that is something that you can look for if this is something that matters to you. And honestly, it should because in theory, all of this is a very good thing and great for your skin, great for the planet. I do feel like there's a lot of myths out there, though, about sure. what you know, when you're trying to judge, let's say like a quote unquote clean beauty product against say something that is more, what should I say? Science backed? Is that kind of like, would that be the opposite of clean? Those, those brands that are very heavily, um, geared towards efficacy in their the ingredients that are maybe not necessarily what's best for your your skin's microbiome and maybe might not be best for the irritation of your skin a lot of people think that clean beauty products just aren't quite as effective what would you say to that yeah i think that that is that that was a story at one point in time. And we've talked about this, for example, when we had um, Michael Zent from Herbal Face Food, there was certainly a point in time where you had to choose. You could either be natural in terms of the products that you were sourcing in your skincare ingredients um, or your hair care or whatever it may be, or you 
that was one option or option two was you get something out of the lab and the lab stuff is the effective stuff. And I think like that, that is very much no longer truth. There are plant ingredients. I mean, plants have been around way longer than we have and the science that we have in regards to the efficacy of plants, like I'm just going to like share a, a very small example. So when you think about an avocado, so you slice an avocado right in your kitchen and there are certain things you can do to that avocado to make it last long. Why does an avocado turn brown? Why does it age very quickly when it hits air? Because it's oxidizing. So then how do we keep an avocado from oxidizing? Well, you can put lemon juice on it, which there are specific qualities of lemon juice that slow the oxidation process. Try rubbing clove on your avocado. It might taste a little funny, but it will stop the oxidation process. And then you can just like peel that little section of the avocado that you've rubbed clove on off when you want to scoop that avocado into your salad the next day. And that avocado will still be good. So like, how does that then work in regards to our skincare? Well, when you see ingredients like vitamin C or clove, for example, in skincare, they're all about stopping that oxidation process and the oxidation, stopping that oxidation process is what helps us to preserve the youthful feel of our skin. So there's a lot of things. And that's like one small example. And like, that is not like in the scienciest of terms, but that is how it works. There's definitely the possibility today of finding plant-based products that have the same level and sometimes better in regards to efficacy of something that has been created in a lab. So that's my, that's my feeling about that. Yeah. And I think that even as I was saying that, I was like, wow, um, I think we are completely past this myth because even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking of about 10 different brands that definitely are known for their efficacy and known for, you know, having really, really great ingredients inside of their products like youth to the people. Um, and I feel like because there is this luxury around uh, clean beauty, we are also, we see things that are luxury as more effective anyway. So maybe we're a little bit past this myth. But there is one other thing. I know that there have been some clean beauty brands that have been recalled because they have mold or there's some kind of bacteria inside of the product because Apparently they don't use preservatives. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's 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 you know, the reality of what a preservative does is a preservative keeps the ingredients lasting longer. So when you take everything out of a product, when you strip it all the way back to only having those high efficacy plant, not even plant derived, but plant ingredients and put those in a bottle but do not put any preservative in them the what's in that bottle is not going to last very long so the recall inevitably is a little bit kind of expected unless you're going to recommend to people that you have to use this product within 30 days and keep it in the refrigerator or else it's going to go bad because there's nothing preserving those ingredients so preservatives are not inherently bad if you want to have a moisturizer that sits in your bathroom 
and is exposed to the humidity of the shower and the heat. And if you want that product to be able to live there on your you know, bathroom shelf, it probably needs to have a little bit of preservative ingredients in order to stay good for any amount of time. And if that is something you don't want to mess with, any sort of preservative, then you're probably going to need to buy really small batches and keep it in the keep it in the refrigerator and know that it's only going to last a very short time the end. So, yeah, and you know, thinking about this idea of luxury being equated to something that's like scientifically developed in a lab like today when we look at products like Tata Harper she's like very much kind of that like cult brand godmother of clean beauty is what the New York Times has called her she grew up in Colombia watching her grandmother make products from like very locally sourced products and then she started her brand in 2007 and she's got super teeny bottles with very minimal preservative ingredients, lots of plant-based antioxidant rich ingredients like jasmine, alfalfa, witch hazel, um, sea buckthorn, for example. And this stuff is costing like $500. So it's interesting to see the shift that is happening. So you got a million choices out there. And I think you got to think about what's really, what's really important to you and make your buying decisions based on that. Definitely. This is also reminding me of when I was in my zero waste era. And um, I thought that I could just DIY a little coffee scrub, Mm -hmm. which works well for like a couple days. Yeah, then it gets but nasty. But if you keep it in the shower, <laughs> I learned the hard way that if you keep it in the shower for like a week or two, it's also going to be a mold scrub. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen there because mm-hmm. there's nothing in there actually keeping it. So that way I can keep it in my shower mm-hmm. conveniently. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Yeah. And look, in the book, an elemental, my new book that just came out, I have all sorts of DIY recipes for skin and body care. But the recommendation for the most part is like mix it up and use it right away. So if you're going to make like the turmeric saffron golden sun glow mask, like you're mixing it up one batch at a time. You're not like mixing up a, you know, a tub (laughs) of it to put in the fridge and then use for several months because it would not, it would not keep. Right. Yeah. Or definitely not expecting to be able to keep it in your bathroom cabinet. Definitely not. Probably wouldn't work. No, no, no. (laughs) No. So we've also been talking a lot about like, we've been kind of using the term clean. And then we've been talking about plant-based ingredients, natural ingredients. But it's not necessarily true that like clean products have to have all plant-based ingredients right like sure or necessarily like non and when I say natural I mean like uh non-synthetic yeah there can still be synthetic ingredients inside of clean products right sure it depends on who you ask of course but yeah for like yeah. for like a clean certification with Biorius, the company that we're working with you could have some synthetic ingredients and still have a clean certification as long as they are non-toxic vegan reef safe 
ingredients. They have a separate certification for organic and natural. And so in that case, everything does have mm. to be organically organically created. So to be clean, there's a one set of standards. To be organic, there's a different set of standards. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I feel like that's maybe something that um, it, it just goes back to that original statement of like, there's just this kind of ambiguous, you know, terms around what skincare really is. And it's just become so ubiquitous to be able to like, just slap whatever onto your bottle and say that it is whatever you say it is just to get it off the shelves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's interesting to me, and I was sharing this with you before we chatted is we, or before we got on the podcast, when we were chatting pre-podcast recording, there's quite a few, there's quite a few brands that are like really hitting right now because of their success on TikTok. And several of these are considered clean brands like Drunk Elephant, Glow Recipe, but like Sarah V is like huge on TikTok and they're having tremendous success. They are not a clean brand. They are fragrance free and they have some paraben free products. And most of their products are um, non-comodogenic, but they do have products that have parabens, that have silicones and have um, petroleum. So in that case, it's like you think perhaps because it's like really trending on TikTok and you assume that most of the things that like Gen Z and millennials would be talking about on TikTok would be clean because that tends to be a value of the set of folks on TikTok that are talking about skincare. It's not in fact even a clean product. So it's just interesting to see that while clean has become something that people are really searching for, ultimately what people really care about is like does it work on my skin? And then, of course, there's the whole other topic of slugging being such a moment. And oh that's gosh. like rubbing, it's like rubbing crude oil on your face. So. Or if you're like me and you're trying to not rub oil on your face, like straight petroleum jelly on your face, I am going the, I've been using um, FutureWise. And so theirs is petroleum free. But when I look at the ingredients, I was basically like, this is Crisco. Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> this is just Crisco. Mm-hmm. It's just veg- It's just straight vegetable oil. Like, we can go back and forth. That might actually be a really good thing for my skin. But it is kind of funny. Like, I, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is, this is just a bunch of different uh, things that are in my fridge that I could mix on up and put on my face. Yeah. Yeah. 1,000%. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I think it's all worth taking a look at. And, you know, I think I think any brand that is making a clean claim or that you think clean folks that are typically aligned to a clean beauty or natural beauty standard are talking about, you still got to check it out because, you know, you don't really know what you're putting what you're putting on your face. So you don't you don't really, really know. know. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is wellness tech. So AI is a thing that I don't think I go an hour right now without someone wanting to talk about AI and chat GPT and 
the tech that's coming, smart beauty devices. There's all sorts of things happening in this realm. So I'm super interested to talk about this thing that you shared with me in regards to what Apple is working on. So Apple is working on an AI powered suite of wellness services. And some of the stuff that I saw in this post that you shared with me. So for example, this is I'm like, this is wild. So one of the things was that the AI will be able to this is like, within the next year or so, we're not even talking about like 10 years down the road, Apple is rumored to be working on AI that will determine your mood via your speech and word patterns, your, of course, blood pressure, I get that, how hydrated you are, and then make recommendations about practices, including meditation and wellness experiences that may be good with you based on how you're feeling, based on your mood, not even like your blood pressure is high and you didn't sleep well. The blood pressure is like one component, but it's like, here's how you're talking and here's the words you're using. You must not feel too good, sis. Right, right. And it's, gosh, there's just so much to say about this, honestly, because one, it's crazy that it's coming out in basically a year. If it, if it continues, that's what they're projecting Mm -hmm. right now is that it'll come out in a year right now. It's codenamed Quartz. Um, and really it's interesting how Apple has really honed in on health and wellness features as kind of their way to make their devices totally indispensable, um, kind of in this, this vein of like this fantasy of perfect health, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's not so far away from, I don't know if you watch succession. Oh my gosh. We could have um, a whole episode on succession, (laughs) (laughs) but living plus, okay. The Kendall Roy's kind of new, Mm -hmm. like, baby he it it really has kind of the same feeling to it where it's like in the background of all of these like very um very purposeful very meaningful uh devices in the background there's this sense of like this fantasy of like you will be able to biohack yourself and kind of you know have this full health you know full health and wellness um knowledge about yourself at all times. And what they're really trying to pitch it as is an AI health coach. Yeah. So it's not just a a tool for kind of data, but it's also a motivational tool. So it's not just telling you that what you should be doing, it's somehow giving you some kind of motivation um, to eat well, to exercise, to go to sleep on time. Um, and it's using actual like custom health plans based on your biometric and behavioral data. And this is something that with chat GPT, people have already been using chat GPT to put in, say like, give me a 10 step skincare routine for, you know, oily acne prone skin and product recommendations and chat GPT is giving that to them um, or saying, here is my biometric data. Give me a seven day workout plan and meal plan that doesn't include X, Y, Z and hits these macros. 
and ChatGPT is already giving it to them. So this is something that's already kind of available if you know how to use ChatGPT. And Apple is just trying to integrate it more with all of the other products that they already have available. They also, um, the body temperature sensor is said to monitor ovulation cycles. Um, and they think that it's also going to be able to give you cardiogram readings, um, detect if you've had a heart attack or in any other way you've crashed. I mean, it's basically like this total surveillance of your body. And it's really, really fascinating, but it's also maybe a little bit creepy. I don't know. What do you think? So I don't presently have an Apple Watch or an Aura Ring, but I'm not opposed to it with the understanding that the data is for me and me only. And it's data that I could then go share with my doctor, especially as I'm getting older. I think that there are things that I would find value in. And, you know, if I could have a very like prescriptive recommendation of things that could, that a wellness coach could help me with without having to pay the price of a wellness coach, I may be game for it. I think the question would be, or for me, I would feel like, like who's really getting this data. And I know that there was a test that Apple did with the Singapore government, and this was in 2020, in which the users were incentivized monetarily. So basically, their health data was being sent to the government, and then the government was giving some sort of monetary bonus to people who stayed healthy. And that, like, sure, I think that's like, we want people, we want our we want our citizens to become healthier as a, you know, as an overall group of people. But I'm a little weirded out about the idea that like the government's going to get a report on your health or like how many times you went to yoga this week or like how many slices of pizza you ate. That feels like a little bit too much. Like I, I think we need to, we're all like grown ass people. Let's like regulate our, our choices ourselves. That kind of feels, that feels like a little too much to me, I think. Right. I think it's also interesting. And I, I guess this is always where the conversation around AI always goes is like, will, will AI take your job? Will AI replace a real person? Will AI in this instance replace your wellness coach, um, personal trainer, or even your doctor? I mean, personally, I don't think so. And I also kind of wonder you know, um, what is the, what standards is Apple using to give the, the advice that they're giving? Yeah. Right. We see different kinds of, um, different kinds of coaches and trainers and doctors for different reasons and to see what their perspectives are. And I'm curious what uh, what standards Apple is going to be using, what kind of recommendations it's going to be using, because I'm pretty sure it's probably not going to be the same ones that, say, a functional doctor might sure. give you, given the same kind of data points. Yeah. yeah, it would be interesting to see. Okay, so I'm like thinking about in that example, I 
personally, like when I've had some health issues over the last couple of years, if I go to my GP and then, you know, to an allergist, for example, or a dermatologist, oftentimes the first recommendation before we even know what's really going on is, hey, maybe you should take an antibiotic or maybe you should, you know, it's like the things that are, are not the first things that I would want to do. I would want more information before I decide to take an antibiotic in that example. My functional doctor, on the other hand, is like, let's make some adjustments to your food. So like, we're not going to start with an antibiotic. We're going to start with a diet plan that is potentially going to reduce inflammation. And the GP is like, let's take a pill to reduce inflammation. So there's like these two different schools of thought, mm -hmm. right? So I wonder, can you program your Apple fitness, whatever it's going to be called, can you program it to give you the recommendations based on how you like to live? And then in that case, we know the healthcare system is kind of shit. So in that case, would I prefer to get my information from my watch that's like, or my ring or whatever it is, that's like actually giving, like in real time, checking my vitals? Probably, I probably would. And then I would spend my money rather than having to go spend, you know, three or $400 to have the same test that I'm getting from my watch or my ring or whatever it is, rather, rather than doing that at my GP's office. Now I can make a decision to maybe spend that three or $400 on a series of acupuncture or going to a dietitian or a nutritionist or whatever it might be. So I'm just like reallocating my health budget to something that perhaps would be more supportive. Right, right. Well, and especially when you think about the mood tracking features as well. I mean, anybody who's seen any kind of therapist or psychiatrist knows that like, you're going to hear something different from each person that you go to because they each have their own kind of perspectives and frameworks that they work with and their own understandings of what your um, kind of symptoms and, and mood tends to stem from. So that's something that you just simply can't replace AI or we can't replace a human with this AI. I also think about, you know, all the AI driven, um, tech that's coming out in the skincare world, um, makeup and even hair and how it's like those kinds of products that are these skincare analysis and um, kind of makeup try-on are definitely fun tools and definitely tools to put in the in into the toolbox of um, people that work in these industries, but they just don't quite, they're just never going to quite do it. They're never going to quite have the same kind of vision that an experienced makeup artist ha might have or a really, really amazing esthetician might have too. Yeah, 1000%. And I think, you know, the folks that are going to really excel as these tools become more and more available are the professionals that can incorporate these tools into their practice. So, you know, I think about my, so my GP now, I was able to make some adjustments to my insurance plan this year. And I'm able to go to TIA, which is a women's wellness facility that has both um, Eastern and Western medicine all under one roof. They also got like a massive round of funding this year. And now they're a part of the Cedar sinai Network. So in California, that means my GP is basically at TIA, but through Cedar sinai So in saying 
all of that, if I were to have this data, whether it be like a skincare analysis or whatever it may be, it would be really cool if I could like take that data and send it over to what I consider to be a pretty advanced place like Tia and say, hey, here's the data that just came off of my, out of my skincare analysis or my, you know, my sleep analysis or my hydration levels. Are there any recommendations you have for the services that I'm booking? And if I think that will be the type of company, a company like Tia that will adopt those types of things pretty quickly. And they're going to inevitably, I think, have they're going to be able to employ more people because there will be folks on their team that understand how to work that technology into their wellness recommendations ultimately. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, with all of this monitoring, we just won't have any excuse anymore to true. not take care of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really true. It's really true. All right. Well, that's all I have to report to you today, Andy. Amazing. That's it. I could talk about all of these things for hours. Thank you for bringing these topics of conversation to the show today. I will have you join us again next month and we can talk about what's coming up for the rest of the summer ahead and what's going on in AI as it advances like by leaps and bounds every couple of weeks. What's going on on TikTok? What's going on in the beauty press, the wellness press, etc. So thanks as always for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge with us. Of course. Thank you, Andy. I'll see you super soon. Okay, okay. With that, we are complete. If you've loved this episode and you want to talk trends with us, did you know you can send us a text? You can find my phone number in the show notes. And we'd love to chat with you about what you've thought of this episode, any other ideas around future episodes, trends you'd like us to talk about, woo-woo modalities that you're interested in hearing from experts on, all of that good stuff. Send us a text and we will get back to you. If you have loved this episode and want to share it on social media, that is always totally rad when you do that. It means the world to me when I see you posting about the show. So tag us at your woo woo BFF. And if you've not yet done so, make sure to drop into the app that you're listening to this show on and leave us a review. If you're on Apple Pods, you can leave a review. You can leave up to five stars if you believe that that's what we are worthy of. And you can also leave some comments. And if you do, we will definitely share those on social. Spotify, you can drop in and leave a review as well. And depending on if you're listening on any other apps, they've all got something that you can do to help us get upvoted basically in the algorithm. It helps us so much. I'll be back again next week with another episode. We drop a new episode every Thursday. Thank you for being here. Signing off, your woo-woo bestie. See you soon. Yeah.